Okay, so if Leaky Black is going to play like he did last night on senior night against Syracuse, 48 hours after hyperextending his right knee, is it wrong of me to ask if, you know, maybe we could just give him some kind of minor injury 48 hours before every game? I don't know, because Leaky Black was awesome last night. And guess what? Spring football practice starts today. We got a loaded show. Let's get into it. Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Tuesday, March 1st, 2022. That's right, March 1st, March Madness is here. Let the craziness begin. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen every day. And I want to encourage you now that Locked on Tar Heels is on YouTube to also make Locked on Tar Heels your first watch every day as well. If you're checking checking in and you're listening today, so glad you're here on a standard podcast platform. If you're watching on YouTube, so glad you're checking us out that way. Today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by Run Your Pool. March Madness is here, as we just said, and Run Your Pool has a better way to create your bracket. RunYourPool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. Well, it is Tuesday, and if you're a regular listener, regular watcher, you know what that means. It is time for Trivia Tuesday. Boom, boom, boom. We need some like theme music for that. I need to work on that. So here is today's trivia question. I'm going to ask it now, and then I'll answer it at the beginning of the third segment to give you a little bit of time to think on it. So Armando Baycott recorded his 41st career double-double on Monday night. Only seven Tar Heels in the history of the program have had more. Who are they? Name them, all seven of them, coming up at the beginning of the third segment. All right, let's get into this. Carolina survived, and I mean survived, a thrilling 88-79 overtime victory over Syracuse on senior night. Thanks to Brady Manick, thanks to Ryan McAdoo, thanks to Leaky Black, the three seniors that were honored last night. Obviously, Manick and Leaky are regular starters, but uh, Ryan McAdoo also had the opportunity to jump into the starting lineup. More on all that soon. I'm, I'm so glad for that tradition that Carolina does. I'm so glad to see that Coach Davis is going to carry that on, that he values that enough. So we're going to unpack the game more fully in just a little bit in the next segment. But before we do that, we got to get into the Rayshon Malik Black. That's Leaky Black's real name. We got to get into the Leaky Black of it all. Because in an incredible night of performances, you had two 20-point scores for the Tar Heels, another ridiculous Armando Baycott performance. But plain and simple, even amongst all that, Carolina does not win this game if it's not for Leaky Black's performance, if Leaky Black is unable to go. Let me give you his stat line. Eight points, seven rebounds, seven assists. Those points don't jump off the page at you. It's not double-digit rebounds. But do you hear how close that is to a triple-double? Eight, seven, and seven. Just right there. Three blocks. Carolina's only three blocks in the game. 
one steal, just two turnovers, and perhaps most importantly, limited Buddy Beheim to only 14 points. And I know that only 14 points sounds weird, but that's five under his season average. And he did that on five of 13 shooting. So Leaky Black is just killing it. Even on defense switch to Cole Swider, who just had the most insane night, uh, came one point shy of tying the Smith Center record for an opponent. He had 36. After he after Swider picked up his fourth foul, Coach Beheim left him in the game and he scored seven straight points. So then Leakey got switched onto him, kept it going. And all of this, all these stats, whatever, Leakey played 43 minutes and 52 seconds. Literally on yesterday's podcast, we speculated if he was even going to be able to play. Or if not, how might Carolina still honor him well on senior night? But not only does he play, but turns in what I'm going to say is his most complete and impressive Danny Green type two-way stat-stuffing performance of his four-year Carolina career, which might not be over, by the way. He was all over Buddy Bayheim, who scored 26 points last year, the last time he faced the Tar Heels. Leaky Black did it all. Sore right knee and everything. And now he's got four days to go rest it up before Carolina heads to Durham on Saturday. That's great news. Oh, and by the way, there have been some mutterings, some wanderings, some musings that, hey, maybe Leaky Black does want to take advantage of that COVID year and come back one more time, do it again next season. Now, Hear me say, I have not talked to Leakey about this. I have not talked to his family about this. I have no insider knowledge on this. But what does it mean to, for it to happen on your senior night? Um, it felt good. It felt good. Um, yeah, it felt good. Andrew. I was going to ask about something else, but you just kind of hesitated on that. Is there anything else you had to say about that? Uh, uh, nah, that it was a good win. It? it was a good, yeah, a good team win. You can't watch that and tell me that doesn't mean something, right? And and I'm not, again, I'm not saying I know anything, but here's what I am saying. When I watch that video and Leaky's response to the question, I'm saying right now, Leaky Black will be lacing it up for the North Carolina Tar Heels in the 2022-23 season. Going with my gut on it, I think it's going to happen. So, as I said, now he's going to get the rest of the week off after a crazy night last night to gear up for guarding Bancaro or Griffin or whoever he's assigned on Saturday against Duke. And we'll have that whole defensive assignments debate on Friday. Leaky Black, I said it yesterday... Carolina family, you are going to miss this man when he's no longer playing basketball for the University of North Carolina. So, as I said, we're going to unpack the game itself more in just a second. But first, let me tell you more about Run Your Pool. March Madness is just two weeks away, and that means you need to start thinking now about where you're going to be running your brackets this year. Are you going to go for the usual, or are you going to look for the best? We've done our homework here at Locked On, and we're running our brackets with RunYourPool.com. Along with the standard brackets, Run Your Pool offers several other March Madness game types like Survivor or Pick X, which are both super fun. 
They have all sorts of scoring, editing options. They offer more intel to help you make your picks. All sorts of stuff that you wouldn't find at ESPN or CBS. If you've got a business, Run Your Pool can help you take some of that madness magic, play alongside your employees, maybe even gain some new customers. Very easy three-minute setup. I've done it myself. I set up a pool for the Locked on Tar Heels family. And so, in fact, uh, if you check in the show description, you're going to see a link to join that pool. So we'd love to have you dive in with that and compete against other Locked on Tar Heels folks and me, see who can win. And if you want to play against the entire Locked on Network, you can do so. Join us to win a cash prize if you win at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, go ahead and create your own bracket for your friends and family. Enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your customized pool. All the rules and details are available there. So that's runyourpool.com slash locked in for your chance to compete against the Locked On family and win a cash prize. I look forward to seeing you and wiping the floor with you there. Man, thank you again for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen every day. And I, I have a request for you, if, for those of you that are listening or watching out there. As we lead up to the Duke game on Saturday, it, it's Duke week. We know what a great uh, rivalry this is. I'd love for you to share with me some of your favorite memories from a Carolina Duke game or something surrounding that that I could share on the pod. Because one of the greatest ways we can connect is through sharing our stories. Because that's what brings people together. So uh, would love to do that as we lead up to what I'm calling hashtag ruin a retirement party. That's coming up on Saturday. So let's get back into the Syracuse game, a little more into the, the details of the game and, and what went on. I, listen, I, I got to be honest. Carolina got down to where it's that 15 seconds there's, there's the timeout. Uh, Syracuse has just gotten a tip in a couple possessions before. I think Caleb Love missed a three. And then finally, Syracuse booted the ball out of bounds, so Carolina had one more shot. I'm already running through my head of what I'm going to say to console Tar Heel Nation out there because if Carolina loses this game, peace out NCAA tournament unless Carolina uh, gets the AQ, the automatic qualifier bid from the ACC tournament. Like that's just where things were at. They were already on the wrong side of the bubble. Thank goodness that didn't happen. They came back and won. And now even I, I looked just before I started recording, Joe Lenardi now has moved Carolina off the bubble. They're not even um, like last four buys. Now they're like in the tournament for the time being. We'll see how stuff changes and, uh, and that's good. So, uh, at the, at the beginning of the game, for those who watched it, Syracuse jumps out to this quick 9-0 lead. Um, and, and it seemed like, oh, great. This is going to be a devastating loss. Just like Pittsburgh, Carolina is not going to make the tournament. It's not going to happen. But then the defense started to pick up. That is what changed the tenor of the entire first half and got Carolina back into the game. They eventually tied it up at 24 after being down 9-0 and, and even took a lead based on their own 9-0 run at one point. And the problem, though, was that that wasn't the case in the second half. It felt like Syracuse was in charge and control of the majority of the second half, and Carolina could not get a stop down the stretch. And so here we go. Like I said, I'm preparing to how, how do we go through this devastating loss together? How do, we, how do we work our way through it? But then 
my man Caleb Love comes through. This dude is unconscious. His first attempt of the game, awesome, nails a three. Okay, it's going to be a Caleb Love game. We know how well Carolina does when Caleb Love scores lots of points. But you know what happened next? One for his next 13 over the course of the game. But then we got to winning time, and Love went off. The final 223 of regulation and the five minutes of overtime, he hit four of his five shots, including three threes, two of which were go-ahead threes down the stretch of regulation. And that one at the end of regulation that looked like it was the game winner before Gerard hit that game-tying baseline jumper was so stinking deep. It's just like... You've shot one of your last, you've made one of your last 13, and then you're going to take that shot? I guess at that point, he'd hit two of his last 14. Excuse me. He had already just hit a three. But, like, that's what you're going to do? And it went in, and it looked awesome. I Wow. Okay, Caleb Love, you're a dude. But you know what was most impressive to me about his performance? Three assists, zero turnovers. That's what we need from the backcourt. Frankly, everybody, but particular Love and Davis. And then we haven't even talked about Armando Baycott yet. This dude, you know, ho-hum, whatever, 17 points and 18 boards. Like, are, are we so just bored and accustomed to what he's doing that 17 points and 18 boards isn't getting top billing? I guess not, because Leaky Black went out and did what he did. Caleb Love's hitting these crazy shots at the end of the game. And so 17 and 18 is just relegated to down the list. Here we go. 23rd double-double of his season. Ties him with Bryce Johnson for the most ever in a single season for a Tar Heel. He's up to 41 for his career, as we talked about with Tuesday Trivia. I hope you're thinking again about all those answers. My man Armando has 15, re- 15 or more rebounds in each of the last four games. What? Are you kidding me? So now he's sitting at 380 rebounds this season. His average is up to 12.7. That means he just need. I, I know this is going to be the craziest math you've ever heard. He only needs 20 rebounds to hit 400. And why is that such a big deal? You know who of the Tar Heels in history has made it to 400 rebounds in a season? Not Tyler Hansborough, not Sean May, not Anton Jameson, not Kennedy Meeks, not John Henson, none of them. One Tar Heel, Bryce Johnson in 2015-16, made it to 400 rebounds. It's either 417 or 419. I don't have it pulled up right now. But the only one to actually get to that point. And my man Baycott just needs 20 rebounds to do that. He's got at least Duke at least one ACC tournament game, and at least one other postseason game, hopefully in the NCAA tournament. So he's got, at the minimum, three games to get 20 rebounds, and he's averaging 12.7 a game. You do the math. I'm saying he's breaking Bryce Johnson's record in fewer games than Bryce Johnson did. Now, all of that adds up to a big ACC Player of the Year discussion. We're going to have that tomorrow. Buckle up. I'm nervous I'm going to get a little bit heated with it, so I'm just warning you now. Okay, we've talked about all this, and we've not even gotten to Carolina's leading score. Brady Manick led the Tar Heels with 22 points, and we're like 15 minutes into the show, and we haven't talked about him yet. That's because there were so many great performances last night. Same with R.J. Davis. He had 17 points. We haven't talked about him either. 
that's because all these great things are happening. People are adjusting to their roles and doing what they are asked to do. And that is what's going to make Carolina successful. Well, as you know, after every Carolina basketball game, and we'll do it with Carolina football games too in the fall, I'm going to give you my shady stat of the game. My name is Isaac Shade. Everyone calls me Shady. And I promised you last night after the NC State recap that whenever we do the shady stat of the game, I'm going to give you some shades because that's what's up. Now, I'm not going to tell you the name brand. You know why? No free advertising. You want to advertise? You want to be my sunglasses? Let me know. We can make that happen. Here's the shady stat of the game. Carolina's assists. I said on yesterday's show that Carolina typically has bonkers huge assist numbers against Syracuse and their zone uh, from getting someone into the high post, which they did with a lot of frequency with Leaky Black, Manic, and Baycott. All of those guys were in there and doing work. And this performance last night against Syracuse was no different. 21 assists on 29 made baskets. That's right. There were only eight made baskets that Carolina had that were not assisted. That translates to 72.4%, which is easily a season high and the first time this season that Carolina has assisted on 70% or more of their made baskets. That is a great recipe for beating Syracuse, really anybody, but particularly Syracuse. Oh, that and making 14 three-pointers. That also helps. So that is your shady stat of the game. 72.4% of made baskets Carolina assisted on. And what's also awesome and built into that, woo, is that Carolina only had eight turnovers compared to those 21 assists. And and as you know, if you've been listening to me or, or reading my writing, my quick hitters on Sports Illustrated, that... Carolina's been struggling with their turnovers. And so to have that high of an assist percentage with that low of a turnover number, that is where the Tar Heels need to be. Well, it is hard to believe that in the midst of talking all this this basketball and other winter and spring sports that we need to talk about football, but that's what we're about to do. And we're going to do that in just a moment. But first, let me tell you about Bet Online. Football might be over for the season, except the spring practice we're about to talk about. But basketball is full go. The NBA is just back from the All-Star break. Selection Sunday, as we said, is just two weeks away. And so from all the latest odds and totals and player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Plus game scores, podcasts, and the latest news. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net's College World Series championship odds are out. Texas leads the way at 15-2 odds. You know what? Texas lost last night to Baylor, so deal with that, Longhorns. And the Tar Heels have 80 to 1 odds. So if you're you're wanting to look at all those odds, you can check those out on betonline.net. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. Well, we are in the third section here going to talk about spring football practice, which starts today. The first practice has probably actually already happened by the time you're listening to this. But first, as promised, as always on Tuesdays, I got to give you the Tuesday trivia answer. The question you might recall is Armando Baycott is now up to 41 career double-doubles, and there are only seven Tar Heels in history who have accomplished more double-doubles in their career. 
So I'm gonna give it to you from the closest to Baycott all the way up to the highest. Here we go. Larry Miller had 42 double-doubles. So he's in seventh place all time. Rusty Clark, 43. Mitch Kupchak had 44. Sam Perkins and Tyler Hansborough were tied for third. They each had 47. And then only two Tar Heels have 50 or more career double-doubles. Number two on the list, Anton Jamison, 51 double-doubles. How did that man not win a national championship? Ugh, okay. <clears throat> and as you probably know, if you're a Tar Heel fan, the leader at the top of this list, blowing everyone else out of the water, Billy Cunningham, 60 career double-doubles. That is insane. Way to go, kangaroo kid. All right, back into spring football. As I said, practice starts today as the time, or by the time you're listening or watching this, it's already happened because practice happened from 8 to 10 on Tuesday morning. Um, and so uh, that's great to know. If you are checking in before lunch, uh, be aware that Coach Brown does have a press conference at 1 o'clock on Tuesday. If you, if you aren't able to catch it in real time, uh, there will certainly be uh, media sending all that out from all the various outlets that cover the Tar Heels, and so you can find that um, in forms. And then obviously we're going to talk about uh, the things that Coach Brown said here on the podcast as we go forward. Part of that that we're going to need to talk about is we learned on Monday that offensive line coach Stacy Searles is going to UGA to the reigning national champions. And so we're going to unpack what that means for the Tar Heels, where they might go next. We're going to talk about that later in the week, so buckle up. That's coming. So let me give you the schedule that is upcoming for the spring practices. Um, what what I, what we've learned, what they've told us in the media, is that the plan is to have several or at least some players available after each of the spring workouts. So just be on the lookout for those. I'll, I'll be sharing tidbits and information that we learn from it as we go. And the schedule through March and just that first week of April, as spring practice will take place throughout that time period, is essentially Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturdays. And so it looks like this. Coming up, uh, we had there was practice today. There will be practice again Thursday on March 3rd. And then next week, same kind of schedule. Tuesday and Thursday, March 8th and 10th. No Saturday practice that week. And then skip a week. Uh, and then coming back on March 22nd, 24th, and 26th. That's Tuesday, Thursday, Tuesday, Thursday Saturday. And then the next week, uh, prior to practice on Tuesday, on Monday of that week, Monday, March 28th, is going to be Pro Day. And so that's a great opportunity for, for Tar Heels to showcase what they're doing, let NFL scouts have an opportunity to see what they have to offer. But then practice picks back up Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday of that week, March 29th and 31st and April 2nd. And then we get to game week, the very next week. April 5th and 7th, Tuesday and Thursday is practice. And then April 9th, 3 o'clock, that's the day. The spring game, going to get to see the heels in action and, and going at it in that um, intra-squad type of environment. So uh, it's great to know the schedule. Put it on your calendar, all that good stuff. Be dialed into what's going on as we wind up the basketball season, get going with spring football. And I do want to say just... Just a helpful reminder about spring football practice. Um, media had access to the first practice earlier today, and so you're going to be able to see video, see some of the things that are going on, and we're going to have, as I said, plenty to talk about in the days ahead. 
But here's what I want you to remember, and this came directly from Coach Brown in his pre-spring practice press conference last week. Do not overreact to spring practice. Got it? And, and I know some of you are out there overreacting to me asking you not to overreact because you're saying, why, why is he asking me not to overreact? Is there something that's going to be weird that I, that I should freak out about? No. I'm just saying the coaching staff has said, you're going to see us trying a lot of stuff, putting people in different positions than they've played, um, trying out different personnel groups, trying different combinations of people. It's spring practice. This is when you try stuff. So let me just give you this encouragement, friends. Just sit back, enjoy the ride, enjoy checking out the new defense, enjoy just watching the quarterback battle between Chriswell and Drake May, seeing what's going on there. Enjoy it, but don't overreact. I know that's what we're all going to do because we want to talk about it, but, but the time will come for that. Just appreciate the fact that there's so much great stuff happening all around Carolina athletics. And that includes the upcoming football season. It's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait to get into it together here on the podcast and unpack it, but it will all come in due time. All right, that is it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Please go subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts or if you're watching it on YouTube. I can't tell you how helpful it is for you to hit the subscribe button on YouTube, for you to hit the bell so you get notifications when shows drop, for you to subscribe to the show on your favorite uh, listening version of the podcast, whatever platform that is. Would love for you to follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. Follow me at Isaac Shade. You can see it right there at Isaac Shade. One S, two A's in Isaac. And there's a C between S and H in Shade. It's crazy. It's a German word. It means what a pity. Such is my life. So coming up on tomorrow's show, as I said, I want to have a conversation about the men's ACC basketball player of the year, because I'm a little nervous about how that voting's going to go. You probably know where that conversation's headed. I just, I'm bracing myself now for how that's going to go. Also, we're going to talk about the women's basketball team. What a great and fun season they're having and a great and fun team they are. Uh, the ACC tournament for them starts this week, so we got to start talking about that tomorrow. And then finally, also, as I said, we're going to unpack what's going on with the offensive line now for Carolina with the departure of Coach Searles and then who might come in and what that's all going to look like. So thanks so much for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen and your first watch every day. And now I want to ask you to consider making Locked on NFL Draft your second listen. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available, just like all the other shows on the Locked On Network, wherever you get podcasts. Thanks so much for spending part of your Tuesday talking Carolina with me. I hope it's been a great day for you. And remember, it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. And this is a great week to be a Tar Heel. Until tomorrow, peace! Peace!